I'm David Rowan, the founder of Voyages, and on this edition of Voyages Journeys, I want you to meet Louis Sahoyos, the Oscar-winning director of documentaries including The Cove, Racing Extinction, The Game Changers and more. And Louis is a busy man. So I'm doing a, a, a series for Netflix right now called Food 2.0. I'm doing a film on plastic pollution solutions. You know, plastic can be made out of almost anything organic. It doesn't have to be fossil fuels. I just did a film with the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. You know, how do you find joy in a world full of sorrow? It really, it's a beautiful film. I'll be out in the next couple months. We're going to be at Tribeca and possibly can. Doing a film on the Loser ecosystem is called The Last Place on Earth. It's about palm oil plantations and these four, four activists in Indonesia that are getting back the land for the wild. It's the, we call it the last place on earth because it's the last place where wild tigers, rhinos, elephants, and orangutans are in the wild together. Louis thinks a lot about how we've got out of balance and are pursuing the wrong things. One of the wonderful things about the Dalai Lama film is that it, it helped me realize in America, we're chasing the wrong things for success. You know, big cars, big houses, fame, money, you know, power. And, and once you achieve any of that, if it's not for the social good, it doesn't give you back anything. It doesn't give you lasting joy. Happiness is the stuff that like you think is going to give you happiness, the stuff that comes from outside of you, but the stuff that really fulfills you is the, is the stuff I think what everybody in this call is interested in. You're, you're, you're trying to solve big existential problems, communal problems, problems that we've caused. Now Louis is teaming up with an artist called Chris Lejeune, who's working to shed light, quite literally, on how to do things differently. So I, I founded a company in the early 2000s called Obscura Digital with my, my co-founder, Travis Threlkel. And we were working with creating new paradigms and visual technologies and experiences with the aim of shifting perspective and exploring kind of new states of consciousness. Our first, our first kind of prototype was doing surround video projection inside of a dome. I was doing a lot of testing out at Burning Man with bringing people together inside of geodesic domes and spaces and having unique experiences, a lot of music, performance, things like that, but really with an eye and focus on the human experience. And from there, I started following what some of the Parisians were doing or in, in France with projecting art onto buildings. And so we, we kind of went after that and started doing some of the largest expressions in that around the world. So we sold the company in 2017 and I realized that I had to just focus 100% on, on climate awareness and driving impact towards the, the climate crisis and solutions. Now Chris and Louis are collaborating on their most ambitious project yet to make millions, if not billions of people aware of the urgency of acting to stop climate change. Chris and Louis joined a recent meeting of the Voyager's climate tech group to explain more. You know, film, I think, is the most powerful weapon in the world that we have to create cultural shifts. When we did the film uh, called The Cove, uh, it's about dolphin hunting in Japan. When we did that film, they were killing about 23,000 dolphins every year in Japan for human consumption. And after that film, I think dolphin hunting for human consumption is down like 97%. So films can really shift. And when we did Racing Extinction, I think 36 million people saw that film the first day it was on Discovery. Probably about 100 million people have seen it. These projections that we did at the end of the movie called Racing Extinction, 
we have, I think, about 5.5 billion media views just in the English language. And so I, uh, I could see that, you know, if you want to change the world, there's a lot of good data that shows you, you, you only need 10% of the population, not eight or, or seven or 17. Only 10% is the tipping point. 10% of the population, 100% committed is enough to sort of light that spark. And what we did a film called The Game Changers. It's a film about plant-based super athletes. The first 30 days that film was on, on Netflix, searches for plant-based diet on Google Trends went up 350% worldwide. You know, so uh, films are powerful to shift consciousness. And then by putting these films on the buildings, which Chris will talk about, we have an opportunity, I think, to reach humanity at scale and try to you know cause the shift of consciousness that we're talking about because you, you do a great movie it's still not 10 percent of the population you know even if it's like avatar and you know a movie about nine foot long blue people you know as much as i love james cameron isn't going to shift the needle that you need to so what we're doing now is focusing on the climate crisis as it currently sits right now i'm sure a lot of you being close to this space know that there's a lot of climate, climate scientists out there that say that we have less than a decade to turn around where, where we're at in terms of CO2 emission and really get a handle on things, or we will, will likely have runaway climate change and not be able to do anything about it. It'll be you know, self-cycling prophecy. So our, our current project is on October 22nd, 23rd, and 24th at the UN in New York. We will be projecting for three hours a night for three nights and live broadcasting to the world. The interesting thing is not just the scale, but the, the metaphor of the building that we work with. So in this case, you know, the United Nations building represents the only building on the planet where all the governments of the world are supposed to gather together and work together. As a metaphor for us, this is the one place where we think that we can express uh, to the world that this is a global problem and also make it a globally inclusive event and then broadcast it out to the world. We're inviting climate youth activists, indigenous elders, and climate luminaries, you know, people such as Jane Goodall and Sylvia Earle. Our focus is around three uh, pillars, which is winning the race against climate change, eradicating extreme poverty, and conquering injustice. We're really telling a, an, an interwoven story at the intersectionality of all three of those, you know, how climate change impacts the most marginalized and really the, the driving forces that push, you know, all three of these elements um, together. And, and then with the highlight on specific key areas such as oceans plastics, we're looking at solutions and really starting to tell some of the stories around how we can solve some of these issues building off of what Louis did with Game Changers to tell the story around animal agriculture and what we can do by completely changing our food system. So we want to highlight the solutions and some of the best, you know, projects happening around the world and show the possibility of them scaling. As we know, all these themes are interconnected. If we can reduce animal consumption and stop needing to clear cut then we can focus on regenerative agriculture and there, you know, all these solutions work together. We're going to be bringing in some big name artists and musicians to do some particular expressions and also, you know, some of the biggest youth climate activists we have on board with us, Shia Bastida. I don't know if any of you guys watched the Biden climate conference, but she was the closing speaker to one of those days. She's our, our global youth ambassador and helping us 
connect with the whole youth climate movement. We have pretty massive communication goals. We're trying to reach really as many people as we can on the planet. We're hoping we can get a hundred million live viewers on the live stream. Para, or the Arab Fashion Week had about 200 million live viewers. So we figure, you know, people focusing on climate change, hopefully we should, we should be able to get, you know, close, close to that. Also, we, we have a, a program that's going live on uh, UN Day, which is the last day and Al Wasl, which is the largest immersive dome for Expo Dubai. So this will be actually running for six months. So we'll have like an, an ongoing program around that. Louis, do you want to add anything here? Um, well, you actually d designed the, the, the dome at El Wasl. <laughs> that's a, an interesting bit. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, it's, it's really about, you know, using this moment this, uh, to create a, a global moment to create the change that we need. You know, that, that's what that's what excites me about what we do. When, when you know, we start a film, I tell the crew that we're not making movies. We're, we're trying to start movements here. And this is the biggest movement that we've ever uh, worked on the the guy that's in, in charge of global communications at the at the UN said that this is the uh, probably the most important event that the, the UN has ever done for global communication. So it's uh, it's exciting, but it's also kind of daunting. You know, the the we only have you know six months to pull this off. So Chris and I and a couple others, we've been you know just talking to people, trying to figure out if there's you know who in our network could help you know, finance it because it's, it's, it's fairly complicated to do this. I mean, it looks pretty simple, like one big projector, but Chris and his team, it's, it's actually, you know, they'll probably have about 120 or more 35,000 lumen projectors. So it's like over 2 million lumens of projectors, you know, 120 of them all tiled together to make a single image. It's very complicated, but we'll have speakers talking in real time so that you can like jane goodall will be 38 stories tall but if once you play it will be live sp st uh, streaming the sound so it'll be you know, music and sound also being pumped in live and you know if, if we get 100 million people live over three days we're, we'll we hope to you know um, another uh, order of magnitude more than that watching it and most people will see it live streamed Louis and Chris, Voyagers exists for people to help each other out. So how can the networks represented in Voyagers and the people themselves who have achieved all sorts of things, how can we be helpful? Our, our main goal right now is, is funding. When we did the Game Changers, again, if you haven't seen that, that's about how, you know, plant-based food is really one of the biggest solutions to human health and climate change, et cetera, et cetera. My friends that have, you know, plant-based companies, you know, Impossible Meats, Beyond Meat, they said that they had to add like new factory lines after the film came out. You know, that the the demand for plant-based alternatives went up, like I said, 350% worldwide, but that also meant there's a huge business opportunity. When, when you think about, you know, how to achieve scale, you know, films are a great way to do it. So if there's anybody there in your networks that you know that, that, you know, you're trying to get, you know, finances involved in this, this is going to float everybody's boat that's involved into the climate space. It's just a collateral is that there'll be more money to be made. There'll be more opportunities for everybody because it, it starts elevating, you know, magnifying th these messages in, in ways that no advertising can do. When you have... When you have an event like this on the UN, it's authentic. It's going to capture people's news feeds on social media. The news we had 600 media outlets at St. Peter's Square at the Vatican. But Chris, why don't you talk a little bit about the opportunities? I mean, for for coming in for 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of the types of companies that will will work with on it, if it's a commercial, you know, a brand or something, we just we want to be really careful to make sure that we're not going to undermine the the power of the narrative and show that we're you know marketing. Of course, we won't work with any oil companies or you know that's at the far end of the spectrum. You know, banks is kind of you know there's been a lot of things out there around banks that are financing the destruction of the biosphere. So, you know, depending on the bank, we want to be a little bit careful about that. So it's kind of a case by case basis there. We are talking to a lot of foundations and high net worth individuals just from our, our own networks. So we hope to have, you know, a big piece of it done through, through people that are just, you know, want to support the project for those reasons. And yeah, in terms of the opportunity from a brand perspective, it's getting the massive brand glow being associated with the project that's really would be a legacy project for them to be involved in that they can they can show their involvement across their websites and kind of all of their social media and and really get a tremendous you know PR value we're not we're, we can't project logos on the UN we have to be do this in a very artful and in, integral way so that they're just really supporting the project and getting the glow through being associated with it we can give them some visibility on like on the live streams and, and press releases and things like that. So they will get, you know, recognition and also on the UN, we'll be giving special thanks every night and the credits. It's actually for the right type of company on the, on the brand side, it's pretty tremendous what they would get for their money because of just the global reach and the connection to the UN and the integrity of the subject matter at this you know current time. What we're trying to do is to, build a network of, of people that are helping us in terms of narrative, really making sure that we have, we're getting the right messages out there and then also telling the right stories of solutions. If there's projects, let's say regenerative land projects, land stewardship projects that are happening that people have you know documented, or there's a particular wonderful story about how new types of projects are emerging that could, if they were scaled, could make a massive impact. These are the types of stories we want to tell. And so we will be, you know, Louie will be out there uncovering some of the, the most important stories that will really move the needle and, and highlighting them as, you know, part of the narrative. So that's that's a key thing. We, we do have, a, you know, right now we have a pretty tremendous group of partner companies that are helping us, like, for instance, One Earth, who's really got their heads around the climate science and kind of what the narratives are there. The fact that, you know, the difference between one and a half degrees and two degrees actually means hundreds of millions of people that will either be dying or suffering. So, you know, these are things when you're just, when they're at the cop negotiating these things, it might, you know, sound easy, but what we're really talking about, if, if things don't get handled well, is mass human suffering at, at the most marginalized places on the planet. And I'm sure most of you guys know this stuff already, but it's, you know, so we're just, we're really trying to uncover these key narratives and make sure that they get out because the reality is, is most of the planet, most people on the planet don't really know how dire the situation is. One of our key things here is, is raising the alarm, you know, sounding the alarm on climate change. So we're really going to be highlighting really where things are at and then offering up solutions to show that we do have a way out of this, but it's got to be taken very seriously, you know, and, and not just by people on the front lines, like all of us, you know, we need the movements to scale, the social movements to scale and, and push our politicians and our corporate leaders to do the right thing. So that's really our, our goals out of the project. How are you going to measure results beyond simply social media engagement, number of people watching? What to you is success? 
That's a good question. As many people as we can reach. So, you know, because as Lou is talking about scaling social change and, and shifting um, perspective and consciousness, we, I, I think we'll measure our results partially on how many people on the planet we can reach with our messages. Of course, they have to be the right messages. It's really tricky because like a lot of NGOs, of course, you know, they want very measurable results in terms of like a particular project that's done a certain way. But our, our project is about global communication. You know, we're like the, the advertising arm of the climate movement or something like that. So although we are going to have a connection to like the impact site where people can make, you know, personal decisions around, you know, changing things in their lives, we all know that the, you know, the, the personal change, if everyone on the planet does a certain amount, it really, it doesn't get us even, even that far of where we need to go. We need the systemic change to happen. So that's where we believe that the, the you know, the mass communication and uh, consciousness shift is, is really the most important thing. I think, Frederick, you have a question. Just a quick question on, on funding. What sort of funding are you looking at? You know, what, uh, it, it has to be somewhat meaningful, I, I presume. Sure. Yeah, we need seven and a half million is our target budget right now. And we're, we're at about three million. If we had to, we could scale things back a little bit. So to make sure we have a show. So we're, we're doing it one way or another. We're pushing hard on, on every level. And we have a lot of great conversations going. So we, we feel like the money's coming. What's the next big project that you're hungry to get your teeth into? Boy, I'm working on about nine films at the moment. And all of them are, you know, for the social good. And I've, you know, the, I, I worked the contract so that we can use all the films to put up onto the building, just pieces of it. And I think we've had this, to, to me, it's like this, enormous you know potential and opportunity to scale social change there's there's, there's so many th the projects that we're working on that i want to put bits and pieces on on the the building to show the narrative one of the first things that we have to do is is kind of address the cancer that got us into the situation in the first place you know the the, the great economist uh, adam smith in 1776 he wrote a, a book called the wealth of nations which they you know they still teach principles of that in economic classes all around the world today. But in 1776, Adam Smith couldn't imagine an ocean where he could fish out all the fish. He couldn't imagine, you know, how thick the atmosphere was and, you know, how soon we'd, we'd full, full of greenhouse gases. So these externalities weren't factored into his supply and demand theory. And this is crashing the biosphere right now. We'll talk about solutions to climate change at the building, but the first order of business is getting an alignment about what makes us human and how our madly chasing what doesn't give us happiness or success is needs to be focused on first. So that to, to me, it's, it's more than just solutions to climate change, it's solutions to, to social problems that you know transcend economic or even climate change. So that's the first, the first thing that we try to do with our films is sort of break down almost like a boot camp, you know, like a military boot camp of your ideas of what you think is the reality. I'll say this is that, you know, we, we figured out that the key to changing people's minds is to change their heart first. You know, so the films that we tell are emotionally driven, they're science driven, but it's the two working in tandem together that really gets you know, people to want to change, to, to create action in their own lives afterwards. Most Hollywood filmmakers, they look at success like butts and, butts and seats, $10 in a box of popcorn. That's like the, the objective to most you know, producers in, in Hollywood. Our objective is to, to change minds. 
to hearts and minds. So at the end of that precious 90 minutes that you have to in a film, you have a, an opportunity to change people's minds and hearts, which is the hardest thing in the world to do. And But I think we've, with these projection events and with the films, what we do, I think we've unlocked the code. And to me, it's, it's, it's exciting to, to use this opportunity to help change the world. And I know that sounds crazy. I mean, I know we're all trying to change the world, but if you don't say it, I don't think it's going to happen without intention. It's like when you're, you're trying to change culture, it's like trying to change a big ship, right? But just these small little rudder moves can swing the, the vessel in the right direction. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with these, these projections. Louis, some of the projects you've taken on have annoyed some rather powerful organizations and individuals. What's the worst that's happened in terms of people trying to stop you in your tracks? Well, you know, certainly all of them. I, I, I feel like if, if, you're, if you're not pissing off some people, or institutions or governments. We're not doing our job. But certainly our first film, The Cove, the Japanese government gave us a lot of grief. It's it's like martial arts. You know, they, they have a, like a, a campaign and you try to use that campaign against them. Like for instance, they were saying, you know, in Japan, they were saying, well, this is culinary imperialism. You know, we eat dolphins and whales and you eat cows, pigs, and chickens. And you're claiming that, you know, Whales and, and, and dolphins are pretty smart, but, you know, so are pigs. And I say, you're absolutely right. You know, but if our pigs had 5,000 times more mercury than allowed by Japanese law, I would hope somebody from a different culture would tell us because your culture is not doing it. You can go to the Japanese Ministry of Health site and they get recommendations of how much poison, toxic dolphin meat a pregnant woman should eat. And, and Mercury is the most toxic non-radioactive element in the world. And there's 5,000 5, times more mercury in some of those samples than, than fish. But of course, dolphins aren't fish, they're mammals, so they es escape the standards for toxicity. So when I talk to the Japanese press about this issue, I don't mention you know, how sentient and intelligent dolphins and whales are. I try to use the word mercury in every single sentence so they can't edit me out. So to, to me, it's, it's, it's just strategy. What we do is very science-based. Like when we looked at the, the animal rights movement, we know that eating vegetables is far more healthy for you. You know, if you look at the, the, the five areas in the world where people live the longest without chronic disease, the so-called blue zones, 95% of their calories come from a, a whole foods, plant-based diet. You're gonna live longer. You live 10 to 12 years longer than your parents did because of healthy eating and without chronic disease. People weren't getting this message because they felt that to be strong, they had to eat meat to have a strength, endurance, and virility, right? And so we, we thought there's a, a group called the Vegan Mafia in America. They spend hundreds of millions of dollars and they organize groups like PETA and Sea Shepherd. And they're, they're, they're putting a lot of money into these efforts for the wrong reasons because they found out that they did a white paper. Only 7% of the population is going to change behavior uh, based on animal rights or the environment. You're fighting against this mindset that you need to eat animals to be strong and healthy. And when in fact, it's the reverse. So we, we, we looked at the data and said, well, people will listen to aspirational people telling them. The guys are marketed to primarily around the world to think of to be big and strong and healthy and have virility, you need to eat meat. So we, we used athletes, professional athletes who had made the conversion to deliver the message. Because if you use a vegan to do it, a traditional vegan with maybe purple hair and a nose ring, they're not going to, a guy looks at another guy and says, I don't want to look like you, but I want to look like them. So we used 
you know, we use the data to show, okay, guys will listen to other athletes and, the, and males are the primarily inhibitors of doing the diet because we're, we're so heavily marketed to. We did this massive shift, the business shift, the whole mindset of, of cultures are starting to shift. We're just putting jumper cables on this idea with, with a new set of facts, a new set of reframing. And that's, that's what we did with, with all of our projects. We look at the data and we think, okay, how can we tell the story in a way that we can, we can penetrate the mindset of the popular culture? You don't want to make a movie or do a projection event to make yourself feel right and good. You need to do a, an event that makes you effective. And there's a difference, you know, so we, we, we have to tell, first of all, an entertaining story. First rule of filmmaking is don't be boring. You know, you're entertaining people. So you make it interesting, you, you, you tell it exciting, you have your facts and you tell it in a, in a structural way so that at the end of the day, our North Star is changing the mindset of a population. It's not butts and seats. It's not how much money we're gonna make. That's our North Star. We do everything that we do is like, how do you shift culture and how do you do it thoughtfully, because we're running out of time. We're running out of the, the runway that we need to, to switch culture around. And it's just, to, to me, it's just a matter of like using the right levers, to, to telling the right story, telling, using the right words and pictures and music to, to shift consciousness. And it can be done. It's tricky, but it, it goes against the, the, the mindset of how films are usually done, you know, because we want to, we want to do films that makes, I got the information, I'm going to pump you out the information, but that's not how people, that's not how you shift consciousness. People get their hearts moved first. And then they've, then they've discovered the data to support what their heart feels. Uh, James Cameron, who was the executive producer on The Game Changer said like, I heard what all the people were saying about the environment and animals, but I didn't care because I thought that I needed to have animals to be big, strong and be healthy. Once he made the shift, he said, oh my God, the way I've been eating really has been affecting the, 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 the environment. You know, there's billions of animals that are leaving a life of suffering for this lie that we've been telling ourselves. So in the same way in the climate space, we've been told this lie that, you know, alternative energy, you know, isn't scalable. Uh, we've been told this lie that, you know, we have to have plastics for the pandemic. It's saving us, you know, when, when in fact, we look at the pandemic right now. I mean, the, 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 the last seven pandemics we have have been caused by us going into the territory of animals that we eat. For racing extinction, we went to Guangzhou where, the, where SARS was 2002, 2003. Remember the first SARS epidemic? Because they take animals out of the wild, like, like bats. They actually eat bats where the coronavirus is, is thought to be found from, right? They sell bats in the market with this, uh, this it's called, in Chinese it's called zhenbu. It's the, the notion that you can get from that animal the attributes that it has. So a bat can see at night. So people eat bats to imp uh, improve their night vision. We call this in America, like a, a really bat shit idea, right? A bat shit crazy idea. It sounds crazy, but also, look at Jim, you know, we have American Jambu or Western Jambu, the idea that that you eat animals, that that's also a kind of crazy idea that you need to eat. All protein originates with with plants. We're just eating, you know, the middleman, you know, the the animals that the animals eat for plants. And, and so and that's destroying our health. It's destroying our longevity. It's destroying the environment. If you look at the, the eating of animals, it's the primary cause of freshwater pollution. One of the, the biggest cause of, of habitat uh, destruction, the biggest cause of a species extinction, you know, the biggest cause of, of ocean dead zones. 14.5% of greenhouse gases come from the eating of animals. 
So we also have this crazy idea, this, this batshit belief that's d helping destroy the planet. So um, I'm going to get off my soapbox right now. Maybe Chris, is there anything else you want to add? <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's it. I mean, I just, the last thing, just in terms of the, the mission with projecting changes, you know, we, we just see ourselves as one part of a, a growing movement. And really our job is to help galvanize the collective action and movement. And, and with the, the project, with the projections in, in New York, we, we really want to show a representative voice of humanity. And so we're being very inclusive and we want to bring all these perspectives. And then the last thing that I didn't mention yet is that we have a conversation to actually take it to the cop and project it on the outside of the Scottish Event Center, right where the cop is happening. So we kind of look at that as taking the collective voice of humanity and serving it up to our world leaders at COP so that they have to listen. And we're also working on trying to get a probably like a one minute, one and a half minute video edit as part of the official program at COP through through the UN so that the world leaders have to watch our show whether they want to or not. Chris Lejeune and Louis, thank you. Best of luck with projecting change and we'll see how we can be helpful. Thank you so much, cheers. To learn more about the Voyagers climate tech community, visit voyagers.io. I'm David Rowan, thank you for being with us. Please subscribe and we'll be back with more next week.